Yukon continues to deal with multiple emergencies this morning, including wildfires, high water still in some areas, and road closures. The government issued a... Rick Carp and the other Jewish residents of the Yukon have been spending the past week listening to the local radio and carefully checking the latest developments in the current wildfire emergency that's raging through the territory. There are 182 fires burning now. That's the most in a generation, five times more than last year. And it's all because of lightning plus abnormally hot weather. There were evacuation notices issued, even advisories from the government that people shouldn't travel. Some of the major highways have been closed, and that meant food trucks can't get through to bring in groceries. Now, CARP is the longtime head of the Jewish Cultural Society in the Yukon, where most of the Jewish residents who live there live in Whitehorse. But there are some in Dawson City where the fire situation is much worse. So CARP is hunkering down at home, and he's working on some projects for the community, including a new website, a new book, and getting Whitehorse to host the first-ever Jewish Heritage Month for the 38 Jews who live there, including 10 from Israel. In the Canada Day Parade, uh, two Israelis and myself, we carried the Israeli flag. And halfway through, one of the Israelis heard in Hebrew, oh, my God, the Israeli flag. And so he said, what, what? And it happened to be a family from Israel. And they had only been in Canada for three weeks. And they were on their way to Alaska, but they sort of got stuck some way here. And so we spent an hour or two with them. And so for the first time in three weeks, they were talking to people who spoke Hebrew. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Thursday, July 14th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Rick Karp is originally from Ottawa. He and his late wife, Joy, moved to the Yukon to open the first McDonald's restaurant in the North in 1986. And 36 years later, he's still there. There's no synagogue. Funeral services and high holidays are strictly do-it-yourself. And it takes a lot of creativity, but it's not impossible to get kosher food for special occasions. Karp is proud of two major accomplishments since he took on the job running the Jewish Cultural Society 25 years ago. They've restored the historic Jewish cemetery in Dawson City, which is home to the graves of Jewish prospectors from the gold rush of 1896, and it's now a popular tourist attraction. They have also created a traveling museum exhibit and a book based on the history of the Jews in the Yukon, and he hopes it'll go back on tour around the world after the pandemic, even to Israel. Coming up, Rick Karp will update us on the wildfires and why so many Israelis are now making Yukon their home. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm John Diener in Ottawa, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. Have you been following the mural controversy that's been going on in Toronto this week? Some Jewish city councillors, Josh Matlow and James Pasternak, got upset when they saw photos of the colourful mural that had been painted on the side of the Noble Heating Supply Store at DuPont and Bathurst. The mural depicted a larger-than-life street scene, including a man wearing what looked like a grey kippah with a markedly hooked nose picking up an apartment building. Cue the outrage on social media about anti-Semitic tropes and how Jews were being portrayed. Eventually, somebody tracked the artist down, and he was horrified with the reaction to his work because he not intended to offend anyone. It was supposed to show diversity in the neighbourhood. It had a black person, an Asian figure... And the Jewish person was actually the owner of the building who is Jewish. 
Some people say the community was too quick to condemn the mural without hearing the whole story first, but nevertheless, within hours, the artist went back and painted over the offending image and replaced it with a boy reading and a girl playing. And Rick Carp joins me now from Whitehorse. What's the situation outside your door? What can you see? What can you smell? We did have, just out my backyard, uh, we had in... Um, in one of the mountains, just on the other side of the mountain, about an eight hectare fire, but it's finished now. A couple of days ago, it finished. So we're hoping for some big rain. Uh, we're expecting some rain in the next two days, but only about uh, five to 10 millimeters. And, and they were saying, CBC News was saying this morning that to really fight these fires, we need about over a hundred millimeters. So we won't have enough rain to douse the fires, but we've got a lot of a lot of people working on on that and the safety. And what does it smell like for in outside? You said that um, you just had a few days ago, but does it still smell? In, not in Whitehorse. We haven't had that. Oh, I can smell the fire somewhere. We do have, uh, you know, on the horizon, a little bit of smoke that we can see, but it's not um, a serious event here in Whitehorse. You have friends, colleagues who are in Dawson City. What's the situation there? Worse, way worse. Well, it, it has been. Uh, Dawson is safe, but yes, the, the forest fires up there are worse. They're, they're bringing people through, but at the right time when it's safe to bring people through. Why is it so bad this year? What are people saying about, you know, because this is the worst in, in a long, long time. I've been up here for 36 years and never have I experienced the thunderstorms the last two weeks that we've experienced here. I mean, it's just, it's shocking that the loudness. And although I didn't see it here in Whitehorse, they are accompanied with lightning. And that's what's caused many of the fires in the north. The, the but the storm. trees are so dry, it gives of a heat wave too, yeah. right? That's the other yeah. part of the, the equation. You can yeah. have all the lightning strikes you want, but if it's wet, that's not an issue. But they're, they're in the far north. I know some people in Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto might think that I'm far north, but even you know, a thousand miles north of us, above the Arctic Circle, there's a, a weather warning that places like Old Crow uh, in Nuvik, they're experiencing 30, 32 degrees. And uh, of course, we had that issue down in BC. We've had other issues with food supply because the, the highway washed out uh, coming up uh, into towards Yukon and the trucks couldn't get through supplying the grocery stores. The shelves were bear we won't even ask about kosher food because i'm sure that's not even you know no no bring it up there unless you pesach when i when i i i do pesach seders and uh, i've got uh, the jewish population here is about 38 there are a few more but they don't recognize themselves as being jewish mixed marriages and stuff and i've got uh, 10 uh, israeli citizens here in whitehorse so when the Israeli ambassador a few years ago, because the ambassadors take a trip throughout Canada, when they came here, 
I did a presentation and I had a reception for the Israeli ambassador. And when we walked into the room, they were speaking Hebrew. And, and he looked at me and I could see the shocked look on his face. And he said, he said, oh my God, I have to come to Whitehorse to hear Hebrew. I don't hear it in Ottawa. I don't hear, you know, when I have meetings. So that I've never forgotten that. That was wonderful. Why are there 10 Israelis in Whitehorse? What do they do there? Work for the government or what do they do? Um, well, some are, well, they're also, some of them are part of my PhD group. So they, they are researchers. Uh, they're, they, a couple of them are teaching at Yukon University, you know, things like that. So uh, one of them is a bus driver. Uh, another one works in the veterinary clinic. Uh, you know, they're just, uh, they're here. It's wonderful. <laughs> and they keep me apprised of what's going on in Israel. Uh, as soon as Bennett the situation with Bennett happened, I knew an hour later what was going on. And very soon you'll be able to do so through the website. Right, so tell me about that, about that project. It's gonna be, um, you had a website or kind of a, a Facebook group, or I don't know what you have, but it was kind of old school, right, so. Yeah, we had me, uh, you know, I would post things on my Facebook page, but it was all, it was all me and that wasn't good enough anymore. So we're going to get a, a website, uh, jcsy.org, and it'll go live probably in September. We're even going to have a section of it in Hebrew because I've got all the Israelis. And so they're going to do that. And we're going to have different sections, you know, with a cemetery <clears throat> and what we do now, you know, our community now and how we're connected. And... Um, it's it's really exciting. It's really exciting to get to get that website, and we'll be able to interact. You know what struck me is basically one third of the population of Jewish people in Whitehorse are Israelis. That's yes. so weird, but cool. Yes. yes, yes. So how is that changing the culture of the community? Well, because they're um, committed at various levels, uh, you can't really be kosher and orthodox up here, uh, unless you, it, it takes a lot to do that. Um, we had, um, there are two, three professors from Hebrew University and Barlian University that have come here before COVID. And one of them is ultra religious. And so when he called me and he said, look, you know, I've, me bringing all this food is going to be, you know, what, what can you do? So I phoned the, a local hotel and I said, this person's coming. He's world renowned on, rest, on restorative justice was one. Another one was uh, independent learning in classroom structures. And uh, I said, can you get kosher? Can you do like salads and vegetarian things? But can you perhaps get something kosher? And they did. He was up here for a week and a half, two weeks, and they had kosher for him. They got brand new dishes, so they wouldn't use dishes that they had used before. It was one, the community, the community is supportive. I've only had one, and this was probably eight or nine years ago, I only had one incident and it was in Mayo, a mining community. And this, this um, scientist, a, a specialist, a lady, was here just for a few weeks with her two kids. 
uh, to assist with something in the mine. And um, where they gave her a house to stay in for the two to three weeks. And, and the neighbor, um, unbeknownst to her, one day he came out and he was yelling and screaming at her about being Jewish. And so she called me and I called the RCMP immediately. And they went to that guy and they, you know, they had a, a separation notice and they said, you do this one more time and you're going to jail. And so she was fine for the rest of the time that she was there. But that was a shock. That was a shock. But that's wow. the only the only thing that I've experienced. And she's She was Israeli or not? She was. No, no, no. She was Canadian. May, last May when Hamas and Israel were in war. I can't oh. remember whether it was Yukon. They did make a statement in the legislature. Uh, Sandy, what was his silver? But that's yeah. maybe. Premier. Right. About it. Yeah, Which and there cover. was there was on Main Street. I, I didn't know of it until after the fact, but there were about 40, 45 people that got together in support of um, not Israel, <laughs> in support of the Palestinian and what was going on, because one of the Israelis was walking by and he heard this commotion and he went to the other side of the street and uh, was a little concerned but it, that was the only that was the only thing. One of the Israelis was concerned with carrying the Israeli flag. Uh, he said, "Well, what do we do if we hear some comments or something?" And I, this year, yeah, 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 for Canada Day. And, and um, I said, "Look, if we hear anything, you leave it to me. I'll look after that." But we didn't. You know, everyone was clapping. There, a unique thing about Whitehorse in the Canada Day parade. Um, the, the, there were 62 flags, 62 flags. We are a multicultural city. And I think it, people would be surprised to learn that. Yes. Right. Are more Israelis coming now? Why? What the word is out now, I guess, back in Israel where things are hot and not just in the weather. <laughs> yeah. The, because of joy, uh, you know, I haven't really traveled. And so the Israelis are saying, and even the visiting professors, because they come through me, they said, you better get your butt to Israel, you know. And so I planned something, but then COVID hit. And uh, now, you know, I'm planning again. <laughs> but we're busy. We're busy. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Thanks so much for listening this week. Today's listener shout-out goes to the family of the late radio personality Paul Hanover. He was known as the Mayor of the Morning on CHML Radio in Hamilton for nearly 40 years and later for K-Light FM. Hanover died earlier this week. He was 96 and his funeral was held yesterday in Hamilton. Now, Hanover's real name was Solomon Yanover, and here he is from an interview recorded in 2017 talking about how he got hired right out of high school. It was wartime. I was 17 or something at the time, and um, too, not old enough to go into the armed services, and I had been sort of a class clown in school, as, as all uh, guys with with um, no confidence, you know, all these guys with uh, hang-ups. <laughs> and uh, that's how you got attention. 
And uh, I said, well, what am I going to do? So I said, that I could get into some sort of show business. Well, the only show business there was was radio in those days. So I sent auditions out, or letters, and I got hired. The funny thing is I sent a letter to Ottawa. I said, I'm interested in getting radio, and uh, somebody said, you've got to start in a smaller community. Well, he sent me back a blistering letter saying that we're not a smaller community than Hamilton. So I wound up in Sault Ste. Marie, interesting, another steel town. Worked there a few months. I went to Chatham, and they kept coming home because of family and everything here, trying to get on CHML, which I eventually did in 45. 